The information contained in this podcast is an expression of opinion and does not constitute investment advice. This is the Gold Money Foundation podcast with Dominic Frisbee, keeping you up to date with expert opinion on precious metals and the markets. Hello and welcome to the Gold Money Podcast, hosted in association with Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. And it's my pleasure in today's show to be talking to Bob Hoy. Bob is in Vancouver. I'm in London. Uh, Bob, for those of you that don't know him, is a, is a market historian. He's also a trained geologist. Not many people know that. And he writes an excellent newsletter, which is called Pivotal Events, uh, where you can get Bob's contrarian and unique insight into what is going on in the peculiar markets. Bob, hello, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very well, Dominic, and good to be with you and, and your listeners. Excellent stuff, and it's great to have you back. And Now, Bob, one of your big themes has been um, that gold stocks are going to do incredibly well in the coming years uh, uh, based on the fact that they always do well during credit contractions. Um, and yet this, this has been a horrible year, as I'm sure you know and I know for gold stocks, but you kind of sent me an excited email um, last week kind of saying let's do an interview and I, I presume the reason for you uh, saying that is that you think gold stocks may have bottomed yeah great opportunity here but we should back up and get the overall view is that the blowout in 2007 and 2008 in all of the markets and credit and everything else was the end of a classic bubble uh, such as 1929 1873 or the very first one, the South Sea Bubble in 1720. Then our research years ago, we learned that when you've had one of those great manias, you then go into what we can politely call a post-bubble contraction, where it takes a couple of decades to get rid of all of the uh, problems from excessive use of leverage and countries borrowing money and municipalities borrowing money and corporates borrowing money without a, a hope in hell of service, being able to service the debt. So uh, that we're in. And, and the other part is this then provides the window of opportunity in the gold shares where during every post-bubble uh, deflation, the real price of gold does, goes up. So it doesn't matter whether you're looking at it from a sterling point of view or from a U.S. dollar point of view, the real price is going up. Uh, and this can be readily illustrated by when you have a very high price of crude oil and gold hasn't been moving up too quickly, um, crude oil represents the cost of power. That's either for electrical or blasting agents and things like that. So then, and this is showing up recently in the last few weeks where crude has plunged and uh, relative to gold. So we use uh, the real price historically, and more recently we use the price of gold deflated by our own commodity index. And, and where is the real price of gold now? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's been rising uh, generally since the... Uh, historically, you get uh, a significant low for gold, real price of gold as the end of the bubble blows out, uh, like 2007... The low on our measure of gold was, uh, our index came in 143 in May. That was the low. And also, it was in May and June of 2007 when the credit market started to turn down, and that's the way it worked. So then, on the first disaster, the real price of gold got up to 
little over 500 and from 143 that was quite a breathtaking advance and from time to time it helped the gold stocks but then after 2000 when you had the bear market and the um, and the gold stocks got thrown out the window with everything else but it's an evolutionary thing where eventually the real price of gold continues up and with some interruptions by the business cycle and then eventually the whole thing sector becomes very attractive and one of the reasons why i think that mother nature raises the real price of gold in the deflation is that the bubble is a great experiment in leverage and it's also you have a huge expansion in the normal instruments of credit and you also have innovative credit items and all of these uh, things that subprime mortgages and stuff like that. So then once it goes bad, it really goes bad. And they, you have uh, the liquidity problem, uh, credit contraction. So then as the real price of gold goes up, that makes gold mining more attractive. The uh, annual rate of production increases. And despite what the interventionist economists say or think, uh, that gold gets into the banking system and it starts to reliquify the banking system as it's on the other side facing a contraction of a whole lot of of leverage. And so it's working so far. We would say that that this is the following the typical post-bubble path. Uh, so uh, so what, what is the real price now? It's uh, Well, it's got a, it did another rally uh, to in the crash uh, or in the concerns last September got up to 499 and then recently with the revival in orthodox investments out until April it got down to 419 and then in the last three or four weeks it's been increasing it's up to 455 so so, so the low was in the in the hundreds the high the low is was what, 143 yeah and and the high is what and the cap at the moment is about just over 500 yeah it's well it's 454 and the best lately was with the last panic in the markets in September when it got up to 500. Okay, so and is that is that kind of what what is the kind of 20 year high just above 500? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, 519 was the the first uh, big move. Uh, okay, so that's that's our first that's our first line yeah. of resistance that we got to get through. Yeah. Do you have an, a kind of eventual target? Is it going to be 750? Is it going to be a thousand? Well, I, I think it could. Let's put it this way. I think that it, against, uh, uh, in the past, the real price relative to a uh, soundly calculated consumer price index, it's almost doubled. And so let's put it this way. We, we think against a reasonably calculated CPI, it will almost double over a period of time. Now, let's look at what happened in uh, after 1929 when... The price of gold was fixed in U.S. dollar terms at twenty dollars and sixty-seven cents. So during the 1929 boom, the, the cost of mining went up and Homestake's earnings went down. Homestake was the premier producer in North America. And then once the bubble was over, the real price started up to increase, and there was no change in the price until 1933. So if you take Homestake to the end of 1932. The stock was up uh, from its low about 130%, and the earnings were up 130% with no change in the price, and also we checked it out, no change in the rate of production.
Can I, put a, was, can I put a different hmm? argument to you about homestake in the yeah. 1930s? Um, in the 1930s, it was illegal to own gold. And so the only not way you could buy 90, exposure... Not, yeah, but not, no, Dominic, not until 1933. But the only way you could get exposure to gold after 1933 was by buying gold stocks. Yeah. And we have the reverse of that now, whereas, where ETFs have made it easy to own gold. So mm -hmm. they're attracting the money rather than the gold stocks. So the yeah, well, that's one argument. But the main reason why gold did not perform outperform well, you know, that beginning around two thousand and five, gold stocks, which had been moving uh, step by step with the uh, price of gold, uh, the dollar price of gold, that broke away, and you then had the dollar price of gold going up and the gold stocks underperforming. But that was on the first business expansion out of the crash after '09, when the base metal prices were going up in a business expansion like they usually do, and the real price of gold was uh, under a bit of pressure. So you had the base metal mining stocks. There's a good index in Toronto, uh, SPTMN, and they flew as the base metal prices were rising and also rising in real terms. So uh, my case is that there's also a lot of ETFs out on gold, on uh, on base metals, copper. Uh, you got the BOM, that's an ETF on base metals generally. Yeah. So there were ETFs in the, in the base metal side. So then once we get into this recession, which we think is, is soon going to hit the U.S., and it's already hit Europe, then... The base metals underperform, and the base metal stocks are really underperforming. They've 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 sold off dramatically. So to close this one out is that we need to have the real price of gold going up, and and in the context of when the general stock market isn't crashing, but when the real price of gold is going up, then our argument is is that the gold shares will outperform the dollar price and the real price and be the equivalent of the base metal mining stocks in 2007-2008. And then more recently, uh, to last year, they did a terrific rally. So the game shifts from base metal stocks to gold mining stocks on this next recession. So I'm highly confident that the uh, gold stocks will be uh, terrific performers. Okay. Was um, the real price of gold lower in... Uh, you said the high was 2000, uh, sorry, you said the low was 2007, 2006, 2007. Yeah. Was that low of 143, surely it was lower in 1999 or 2001? Well, yeah, no, that, that low with the 2000 bubble was, if I recall rightly, something like 225. So gold, the real price of gold had a low on that uh, tech uh, bubble, but that wasn't a classic uh, mania bubble as 1929, because in 2000, the action was mainly uh, high-tech stocks. There was no boom in commodities, and there was no boom in, at least in the U.S., the, the senior economy, in housing. So, But in 2007, you had everything, commodities, you had housing, everything was going. So that was a classic bubble. And okay, because, I mean, if you, if you look at the Huey, the gold stocks from, say, 2001 to 2007... They did what uh, Homestake did between 1929 and 1936. They went up ten times or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, they had. They were part of the game, and uh, sure, we were playing the game as well. But 
the point is to make the distinction that the 2007 bubble was a 1929 type of bubble. Uh, 2000 was just one of those wonderful things that came along. So then what we want to do is move into recently, this year, uh, well, a year ago uh, in, in March-April, when gold and silver were enjoying a terrific rally, and as, as we know, in any rally for precious metals, silver will outperform gold on the way up. So we take then the silver-gold ratio and keep track of that. And uh, the momentum on that in going into last March-April, a year ago, was huge. And the RSI got to a little over 90. And the only time we could find when it got that high before was in a very fateful period, uh, January uh, 1980, at that high. So then... With that excess in silver, you knew it would take a long time to uh, burn off all of that excess. So then that put us what we call the trading market for gold stocks, where you would go from oversold to overbought and trade them. But now what happened is, and we thought that uh, the general stock markets from the disaster in September, October would rally out to around uh, February of this year, and they did, and the gold stocks came up with that, and then we figure after February, uh, the stock market would go down, which it did. Now, back in February, when we were lightening up on gold stocks, I had no idea that they would get hit that hard. So then the next thing is to take a look at how hard they did hit, and we use the XAU index as it's, uh, you know, go back to 1983. Then a number of years ago, we got all the trading data daily on Homestake. And so put together an index of gold stocks back to 1900. So then on the sell-off in uh, March-April, uh, the RSI on the monthly got down to 24 and the only one that was worse than that was a sell-off in 1924 when it got the RSI got down to 22. The other really bad sell-offs were in the order of 26 and 27 on the RSI. That was 1942, 1948, and 2008. So there you are. There's five extreme oversolds. So that was registered in the middle of May, and... Uh, we were able to note that uh, just how severe it was and that on each of the previous examples, the turn-up in gold stocks was virtually immediate with getting uh, the monthly signal. So this now, we are, I think it's probably a new bull market for gold stocks, and all it needs is one good correction to kind of test the low, which we could be getting now, and then uh, then we're away. So... Let's put it this way. Emotionally, I think we're in a new bull market for gold stocks. Technically and clinically, you need to have one good correction, test the lows, and then move on up. And uh, this would be in the context of further financial concerns, further credit contraction, and not due to the U.S. dollar going to zero like the gold bugs claim. Uh, just straight uh, investment demand for gold putting the real price up and that improving profit margins for the industry. So uh, the outlook really is very good. Okay, um, I've got three questions for you, Bob. Uh, you've got to give me quick answers because we've only got a couple of minutes left. My first question is, what is your long-term target for the gold-silver ratio? Is it going to go back to its long-term historical average of 17? <laughs> Not a chance at all. 
the gold-silver ratio moves on credit distress, and when you're in hard times, uh, the gold-silver ratio goes up. Uh, the last really big high for the gold-silver ratio was in 1990 when uh, uh, the two big banks in New York City and Chase were virtually broke and had to be bailed out. But before that, you had 1980 when the Hunt brothers went crazy and the rest of the world went crazy, and they thought that the ratio should be at 15 or 16 and touched it briefly, and then that was game over. But in each of the Depression bottoms since the 18, uh, let's see, no, 1840s, 1870s, 1890s were in the Depression bottom, that the low on the gold-silver ratio in the boom has got a little higher. <laughs> and then on the, uh, on the rise in the gold-silver ratio in each of the post-bubble deflations, it's got higher. So you have a trend where the range might have been between 17 and 16, and then another one, the range was between 18 and 22. So now we're here, and the gold-silver ratio is about around 56, 57, and heading up which you would expect in times of financial distress. You mentioned but 100 we, before. Is it going to go to 100? I think it'll go to 100 easy on the next really severe uh, deflationary concerns, which would probably become visible after this summer. Okay. Um, next question for you. Uh, I have, uh, is Gold Exploration Co., which has various exciting pastures in uh, Quebec and Mexico and, let's say, Peru, uh, and relies entirely on the ease of raising capital in Vancouver, uh, is that a gold stock or is it a leveraged financial instrument? <laughs> That's uh, too tricky a question. Um, I think as the gold exploration companies make discoveries and uh, they move on to uh, development and then into production, you're reading adding wealth. Uh, so it is a, it's not a rent-sinking adventure. Uh, gold mining will be the growth industry uh, when the rest of industry is suffering pricing pressures and uh, as far as I can tell, you can't. There might be something new come along in tech, uh, you know, IT tech and all that sort of stuff that may be celebrated by the stock market. But the only thing that is predictable is that the gold sector becomes the the shining star in a post-bubble deflation. I'm I'm not even going to call some of these gold stocks dogs, Bob. I'm going to call them pigs. Will all uh, pigs fly? Yes, you'll be able to take even next to it stories and have them fly. <laughs> next uh, but one? <laughs> you know, the, the discoveries made in a certain area and then the, the promo other promoters come in, stake all the ground around and then uh, float a company and raise money. Uh, that can happen again. We haven't been in that kind of a big, big uh, bull market for gold stocks in, in quite a while, since maybe 1996. So. Oh, 2010 was a bit like that. Uh, that's why I said next but one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Listen, yeah. Bob, I've got to go. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much. Um, Good. Would you want to give out your website address so people can find out more about your work? Yeah, institutionaladvisors.com, which is a bit difficult. Or if you want to be really easy, uh, just Google my name, which is B-O-B-H-O-Y-E, and then it all comes up. So there's an easy way to find out.
All right. Well, good stuff, Bob. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Indeed, soon. Look forward to it myself. Subscribe to the Gold Money newsletter at www.goldmoney.com to receive email updates on new articles, videos, and iTunes podcasts from our Gold Research section. Music.